Welcome back, Match Volume listeners. I'm your host, Sadie Olson. This week, Match Volume's Ella Katz interviewed Susan Reynolds, social entrepreneur and founder of LookUp, a social enterprise that gives young people the opportunity to thrive in a digital world. Susan and Ella talk about social media burnout and how we can effectively use social networks in our daily lives. Enjoy. Um, my name is Susan Reynolds, um, and uh, my pronouns are um, she, her, hers. And I am speaking to you actually from Lake Tahoe, California, um, where I've been sheltering in place, so to speak, um, from a, a summer cabin. So um, one of the perks uh, of COVID, although there aren't many. When I was like a kid, like maybe five years old, we would go up there, but it's beautiful up there. If we could just start by talking about your journey and your story. So you have tw- over 20 years of experience in mindfulness, youth leadership, education, and social entrepreneurship. So if you could just touch on that experience, how did you get to where you are today and how do you define the work that you currently do? Oh, that's great. So um, I started my career right out of, um, right out of Dartmouth College uh, as a middle school educator Um, quite a while ago before there was any technology. Uh, And in 1997, the the Fenn School in Concord, Massachusetts, where I was teaching, um, hired a director of technology. So it was just the beginning of educational technology. And the director was literally wiring the school, um, but also expected to write the tech plan, create the curriculum, and train the teachers in using this technology. And when I say he was wiring the school, this is so long ago it was, he was literally drilling holes in the attic and dropping cables down into the classroom. Um, and so he was so busy that he did not have time to write the tech plan. So because I was a curriculum developer um, and a researcher, and was using technology in my classroom, I was asked to write the tech plan. And the interesting thing is, you know, the technology I was using was not the internet. It was um, the Oregon Trail CD-ROM. So I, my first experience, I know, my first experience with the internet, I literally felt my brain speed up um, and with the connecting hyperlinks. And so, became very fascinated um, in what researchers were saying about um, bringing technology into the classroom as well as youth and technology. And the interesting thing um, back then was the promise and peril was predicted. So all of these phenomenal um, ways that students could interact and, and connect around the world and learn different things was there as the promise, but the peril was internet prediction, internet addiction was actually predicted back then. So, so I was the director of academic technology. I did help teachers um, use technology in the classroom, integrate the curriculum. But over time, I saw the impact of certain technologies way before, um, way before cell phones and, and before um, social media. You know, it was the AOL Instant Messenger, and that was open in the corner while students were doing their homework. And I began to notice the distractible nature of this. So fast forward to 2014, um, I had left teaching, taken a break. I was teaching yoga and mindfulness um, and raising 
my daughters and I became aware of the escalating mental health crisis on college campuses and among teens and wondered at that time what role students' digital lives and social media was playing um, in this escalating mental health crisis. So that's really how I got very involved um, in this. And, and the research is still correlative. It's still, it's still not proving specifically um, that digital overload or digital addiction or um, the overuse of social media is, is causing the mental health crisis, but it is definitely amplifying some of the issues that are already there. Um, and and it's it still, I still was researching and, and talking to youth and talking to parents and teachers and giving workshops, um, but it wasn't until a year ago when I was speaking with Juliet Gildahouse, who it was a junior um, in high school, who said, my friends and I really know social media is distracting and not healthy for us, but we don't know how to get off it. Um, and she said, it's really hard to do alone. So we came up with something called the Look Up Challenge. And Juliet just went and asked several of her friends if they would take a week off of social media with her. And many of them said, no, that was too much. That was too scary. Um, and that was really my clue in that your generation and, 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 and younger, um, your generation, Gen Z, is, is the generation that grew up um, with the development um, of social media. And so really different experiences, different pain points. And at that point, I realized, oh my gosh, we have to turn to the youth. We have to turn to the youth and ask them what their pain points are um, living in the digital world and then provide opportunities for them to create solutions. So inspiring hearing you talk um, just about the mental health crisis and how so many of us are almost passive about it. We just, we know it's happening, but like you said, it's so scary to unplug and there, it's almost like there has to be another solution. There has to be a way that we can engage in these platforms and post and comment and, and live our lives like that because that's what the world's evolving into. But we also need to, you know, take care of our and, and prioritize digital wellness. But in, in talking about just look up more specifically for a second, because I know that the 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 organization is really like your your baby. Um, so obviously, you know, I know a lot about LookUp, but for our listeners who maybe don't, can you just, if you could just summarize the mission of the brand, of the nonprofit, and it kind of, you kind of explained where the idea came from, but what do you think it has evolved into and where do you want to see it go? Um, we're only a little over a year old uh, as a nonprofit, but really what, what we want to do is engage student-led solutions to digital overload, to social isolation, to the design of ethical and more humane technology. So what I, what I mean by, by engaging is that we create opportunities for youth to, and youth I'm, I'm talking about, you know, middle school, high school, college students, to, right. to design solutions, to create solutions. So for example, we have the LookUp startup grant competition. So this 
this is our second year doing this. Um, this one is for university students um, or in you know, any any higher ed um, community colleges, uh, colleges, universities, where we offer up to a $2,500 seed grant for winners of our startup competition. So it means that, that you come together with a team and, and design a solution. This year, we have four categories. We have designing solutions for digital overload and, and thinking about, especially during the pandemic and distance learning, designing solutions for social, social isolation and loneliness. And again, you know, ramped up by, by COVID-19 and social distancing. Um, a category around digital activism, right? So right. using using social media, using technology for good. We've seen so many campaigns out there, um, and and students being youth advocates for different causes. And so, really asking ways that technology can be used for that. And then we also have a lookup startup grant partnered with the documentary The Social Dilemma. And that one is a is a bigger question about shifting the the platform, the uh, economic model, how to, to to restructure the attention economy. So that that's that's a key way. And then the really fun part of this is we'll have ten to twelve teams. Um, we'll bring those teams all together um, for a showcase, and then launch the look up leadership lab which is really working together to um to become social um change agents and how to lead a social movement and how to work together um to to escalate um this movement and bring more youth into it so part of lookup's mission and which you've now touched on like briefly mentioned twice is this idea of having solutions that are user and kid oriented. Can you just speak a little bit more to this and why is that part of the brand's mission and why is that important? Yeah. So, so it's interesting, you know, when people ask, um, you know, about LookUp, you know, why now, why youth? And why now is we are seeing um, the younger and younger uh ages of, of youth um, children who are in front of digital devices. So not only um, their brains are developing around the, these devices, their, their identities, their a digital identity is woven into a real identity. And so it's really important that that generation identifies the way that they are growing up and then, and then are given the agency and creativity to create solutions. Um, what excites me about a Youth for Youth Summit is, first of all, we've rarely seen so many youth all come together around this issue. And to come together at, at, as youth leading youth. And what excites me about this is just the energy and the enthusiasm and the commitment that Gen Z has to to this issue, it's, it's phenomenal that the social dilemma came out, that it's on Netflix, that it's in 190 countries in 130 languages. So it's, it's raised the, the issue, it's sounded the alarm bells, but LookUp has the opportunity to say, okay, now we have all these youth, now we can take action. 
And that's just really exciting to see, to sort of step back and just provide the structure, the scaffolding for youth then to take off and come into action. When we're talking about this mental health crisis, I mean, through all the research I've done for my column and on the side, action is is what what's missing. We know it's happening. We can feel it. We can see it. We're reading about it. We're talking about it, but there's not enough action happening. So let's just pivot a little bit to, to action and thinking about, you know, if you're a typical college student, you wake up, you check your Instagram, you check your Snapchat, you go on with your day, you're feeling the negative effects, but you're not maybe wanting to recognize them or come to terms with them. Why am I, why do I have that recurring headache at three, four o'clock every afternoon on top of Zoom fatigue, on top of scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Why is it important for college students to prioritize digital wellness and a tech life balance? And going off of that, how can college students and adolescents generally prioritize digital wellness, especially during global pandemic, right? There's no boundaries. Everything is online. Are there specific steps one can or should take? And what what would your advice here be? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think it's it's the, the solo um, approach to starting with your awareness and your own mental health and digital wellness and, and feeling good. And then how to branch that out into to friend groups, to the community, to the school, to the world. And I think that's one of the things that I find that youth who, who are taking action and are leaders in this is they've recognized something off about their own youth and set out to change that, felt so different, and then and then moved forward into working with, with more, more students. And that's we're seeing that as, as well. Um, it, as we line up the panels for the for the youth for youth summit, but the key things I think um, is starting with something that's really, e- no, I'm not going to say easy. That's really impactful, like sleep. So just putting the phone down 30 minutes, an hour before going to sleep, and being aware of when you sleep with your phone on the other side of the room or outside the bedroom, you have better sleep. And of course that snowballs and, 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 and impacts so much more because we actually um, sleep deprivation um, and that, that's from distracted sleep and, and, and waking up in the middle of the night and maybe checking the phone. Um, but, but sleep deprivation can actually mask itself as dis- depression and anxiety. So one can think that they're depressed or, or overly anxious, but it could just be not sleeping enough. So, so that's one. Another one for, for, for college students and actually for anyone is just understanding the ways that having a phone in front of you while you're studying, while you're working is distracting. It's a cognitive, it's a cognitive drain on the brain. There's a study out there called Cognitive Brain Drain um, that shows that the further away from you your phone is, the stronger your memory retention and fluid intelligence. So if you are studying um, you know, on your laptop or in a Zoom call in, in class and your phone is right next to you, your memory retention and fluid intelligence is lower than if you had put your phone in another room. 
or even in your backpack out of sight. So things like that, because then uh, your brain is not working as hard. It's, it, it's stronger, it's clearer, you're less distracted. Things like that then can really impact how you feel because then you feel more productive and feel clearer and, and, and better. Totally. And I think that makes complete sense. But I also think that there's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings when it comes to digital wellness and really just cultivating a healthy relationship with technology. And I don't know, I'd be curious to see if you agree with that. And also what you think the hardest part about creating that balance and creating a healthy relationship with your phone, even with your computer, what, what, what would you say the biggest obstacle um, of, is of, of cultivating a healthy relationship with social media and technology? So I think I totally agree. Um, it's the intentional use of social media, of technology. It's are you using it as a tool to advance your goals and, and what you want out of life? Or are you being pulled away from those goals and what you want out of life by the distracting and addictive design of devices. I think I think the other thing is not necessarily how much screen time, but what you're doing on on it as as well as when. So as I as I said, sleeping is really important. So not being not being on social media um, right before bed and in the middle of the night. So that's, that's a really critical piece, but, you know, in the middle of the day, taking time out to check in on your friends and, and give them a boost or tell them something that, you know, you're grateful for about them or, or using it to, to boost your own well-being or, or someone else's, um, is phenomenal. So it's, it's, delineating the difference um, between those. And absolutely, we, we need to use technology, particularly now um, with distance learning, but it's, it's taking breaks, even, even standing up um, for three minutes and walking away um, from, from an online class or from a Zoom call. And just, I mean, using yoga and meditation practices, just closing your eyes and feeling your feet on the ground and touching in with your own internal sense of self is, is huge. So doing that. And then it was really interesting. Um, Lori Santos, who is a positive psychology professor out of Yale, talked about five things you can do for your mental health. And I was really thinking about them. So the number one she was talking about was exercise. So putting your phone down and going for a walk or being intentional about how you're using your phone. Let's say that you put your phone in your back pocket and you listen to uplifting music. So being clear about that. So knowing what mental health strategies are really boost, boost, um, boost your um, your mood and, and make you feel better and then how you're using technology with that. I mentioned gratitude. Gratitude um, is, you know, an evidence-based uh, research process that improves mental health. So either taking pen and paper and writing down what you're grateful for or using using social media, using texting to tell your friends what you're grateful for about them. And, and the other ones were sleep which I touched on, 
um, staying connected to um, a, your social week. So staying connected to friends, staying connected to family, which is really hard during this pandemic. So being conscious of how you're connecting with friends in using social media or using technology or using your Zoom calls. And, um, and the, other, the other one, which was really interesting, was just feeling your feelings and, and moving through them. And um, I think that's a really important one right now. I think also realizing that this is a moment in time and the pandemic and the disconnection from doing things in real life isn't going to last forever. I think that's huge. Like, I feel like we're like, oh, unprecedented times and we say the same things, but no one's actually, you know, it, it, you're right. Nothing lasts forever. And there's ways to to seize this moment and use social media in a healthier way. And I think your, your, your advice and your wisdom is really going to help our listeners. So I would just want to end this off, this wonderful conversation by asking, do you think that it is realistic or even beneficial not to just like unplug for like two days, which I personally think can be great to just like delete social media off my phone for 48 hours. And even that is hard, but do you think it's realistic to live a life that is not phone free, but like social media free? And do you think that you can be an engaged and active member of society if you do that? I, I think professionally, um, if you think about um, LinkedIn, uh, if LinkedIn is considered social media, I mean, it is a connecting platform, um, but really important to use LinkedIn. And uh, Ella, as you and I talked about, if you are a journalist or a writer or part of an activist movement, something like Twitter is such a great way to see who else is out there and who else is speaking about this. So. I personally think it would be very hard to disconnect from social media completely, but you know, it's really about this tech life balance and intentionally using it and, and taking those breaks that you mentioned. Um, one of the problems with never taking a break from the external stimulus of information um, coming from, you know, coming, coming from the phone, coming from social media, coming from the news, wherever it is, if we don't learn to take breaks and go into silence and stillness and listen to our internal voices, there's, there is talk from, um, his name is Yuval Harari. He's, a, he's a, a philosophy professor and he wrote 21 lessons for the 21st century. And what he's talking about, if we don't take those breaks, we may not be able to hear our internal voices anymore because the algorithms will have told us and directed us so much on what we think. So, so I think that's the important part is, is the breaks, um, whether it's an hour, whether it's a day, whether it's a couple of days, but being really conscientious of, of, of taking that space um, and to do things like in nature, um, tree, trees connecting to trees um, and the earth and nature um, and, and the ocean is, is so important and you know living in the city just it's actually said just to connect in um and see 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 grass see trees um is really is really a powerful break 
the outdoors have definitely been my my release and my happy place, especially being cooped up at home all day. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, as I said, I just I, I'm so glad we had this conversation and that our match volume listeners will be able to hear it. So thank you so much for for your time and for your your advice and your wisdom on digital wellness and a tech life balance for college students. Well, and I really want to invite everybody on October 24th to our Look Up Youth for Youth Summit. Um, I think it'll be really engaging. The great thing too is it's it's six and a half hours long. So it's from 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, but you can come in and out um, and, and choose to, to, to hear what you'd like to hear, the panels you're interested in. Uh, Jeff Orlowski, who's the producer director of The Social Dilemma, will be speaking. Um, and it's really easy. We're just at lookup.live. And if you go to www.lookup.live, um, you'll see right there the Y for Y Summit. That was Ella Katz interviewing Susan Reynolds. And that's all for this week's episode of Match Volume. Tune in every week for more fascinating interviews. Match Volume is a production of Annenberg Media at the University of Southern California. For Annenberg Media, I'm Sadie Olson. Thanks for listening.